You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Listen live on 98.7 or 98.3 FM or stream live from rwpfm.com.au. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. And into our science and technology news for the week. About a year ago, there was an announcement about the discovery or the supposed discovery of Planet Nine. So... Just to bring you up to date, there's actually only eight planets in the solar system. Pluto was demoted. It used to be the ninth planet when I was a kid and grew up, showing my age a bit. Pluto was the ninth planet, and then it got redefined as too small to be considered a planet. It's now considered a dwarf planet. Didn't make it any less interesting when New Horizons flew past last year and took amazing photos and showed that it's really quite a dynamic, interesting place with interesting moons and an atmosphere and signs of glaciers and all sorts of stuff and even cryovolcanism. Not expected out there in the fringes of our solar system out in the Kuiper Belt. So the ninth planet that is suggested to exist is actually a planet-sized object. It's believed that this object is 10 times as big as Earth and it is no less than 20 times further from the Sun than Neptune. So it is way, way out. In fact, its highly elliptical orbit would take it outside the current bounds of the solar system and then back in again on this looping orbit one year for this supposed planet nine uh, would take 20,000 years to complete so one orbit of the sun takes 20,000 years. I'll just quote from a planetary astrophysicist at the California Institute of Technology that was involved in this discovery. He said there are now five different lines of observational evidence pointing to the existence of planet nine. If you were to remove this explanation and imagine planet nine does not exist then you generate more problems than you solve all of a sudden you have five different puzzles and you must come up with five different theories to explain them one of the most compelling bits of evidence for the existence of this mysterious planet very large very cold very distant is its influence on a bunch of Kuiper Belt objects. So the Kuiper Belt is out beyond the orbit of Neptune. It's, it's out where, where the dwarf planet Pluto is. There are various objects in there that have weird orbits, and it's the suggestion is that the only way they could have these sort of the shape orbits that they have is because of a very large body that's influencing those orbits. It's believed that this influence might have tilted the planets of our solar system, a theory which could solve the puzzle of why the zone in which the eight major planets orbit the Sun is tilted by about six degrees when measured against the Sun's equator. And quote the researcher Constantin Batygin again, he said, over long periods of time, Planet Nine will make the entire solar system plane precess or wobble, just like a top on a table. There's been stuff where the people who are believing in doomsday prophecies and the like are saying that Planet Nine will actually crash into the Earth and cause you know, the end of the world or days of darkness, this sort of thing. Now, NASA has actually said in a statement that this will not happen. It says that if a planet is there, it's extremely distant and will stay that way. That's according to the US National Space Agency. So nothing to worry about if you're concerned that we're going to get hit by this extra planet that it would be great to discover and apparently they are using some of the biggest telescopes in Hawaii. I think the Subaru telescope on the top of Mauna Kea volcano in Hawaii is being used to try to find this object and obviously that will provide proof that it exists. Moving on with our news, Dubai police are embracing the latest technology and they've actually started testing 
a bunch of electric hover bikes that are capable of speeds of up to 70 kilometers per hour. These are Russian-made Hover Surf Scorpion. This was recently announced over at a Technology Week conference in the Middle East. They can fly for 25 minutes and can carry up to 300 kilometers of weight at a speed of 70 kilometers per hour, which is pretty incredible stuff. They also have autonomous vehicles that can recognize people in an area and identify suspicious objects and even track suspects, according to the Smart Services Department at Dubai Police. So some very high-tech surveillance there being deployed. That would be pretty fun to have one of those hover surf scorpion electric hover bikes to drive around on, although you may be limited by the amount of time that they can stay up. I think it's only uh, 25 minutes of flying time carrying 300 kilograms of weight at a speed of 70 kilometers per hour. A mission that to Mars next year, there's a, every couple of years, approximately 26 months, there's a, a, an ideal uh, sort of planetary alignment between the Earth and Mars, and that's the time that they tend to launch spacecraft either to orbit Mars or to land on the surface. And so next year is one such year, and NASA's InSight lander is going to travel to Mars where it's going to study the interior of Mars. Now, you may remember back some years the Mars Phoenix lander, which was a solar-powered lander, a fixed lander. It didn't move around, not a rover. It powered itself down using uh, retro rockets to land on the surface. It studied a, a polar region right up in the, in the really cold polar region of Mars, and it actually drilled down and found that it was basically sitting on frozen ice. This is a very similar design spacecraft. It's solar-powered. It's a, a powered lander. It was delayed a couple of years ago. They had a problem with an instrument. They found out sort of at the last moment before the launch it was, was not going to work as expected, so they cancelled the launch. They've gone back and redesigned the instrument, and apparently now they are good to go. It's going to take off in the middle of next year and land in November 2018. Carry several science instruments along with hundreds of thousands of names from members of the public. I have posted on our website beyondinfinity.com.au a link. It's in our Twitter feed at the bottom of our homepage. But you can actually send your name. It's kind of a fun thing for kids to do. And space enthusiasts, space buffs, you can actually go to a website. It's mars.nasa.gov forward slash S-Y-N forward slash insight. There you can actually put your name in. Your name goes onto a microchip and I believe there are well over a million names that have already been recorded. There was one microchip that was filled uh, back in 2015 uh, before the original intended launch. It had nearly 827,000 people signed up. Well, they've added a second microchip because the mission was delayed. That's open now for the public to register their name. If you're interested in doing that, I suggest you go to our website. Or Basically, this mission is going to be the first to explore Mars' deep interior. The spacecraft will set down a seismometer to detect Mars quakes and meteor strikes. So the Mars quakes are going to be indicative of an active geological system beneath the surface. They'll also deploy a self-hammering heat probe that will burrow deeper into the ground than any previous device on the red planet. Finally, it's going to go ahead. More information, nasa.gov forward slash insight. And you'll also be able to follow that link to find the place to put your name on that chip. And your name will then be sitting on the surface of Mars pretty much forever. Moving on with the news, there's lots of malware. We never seem to cease hearing about the victims of malware, whether it's through links that you might receive in an email or even false ads. There's a pornography website called Pornhub. The users of that website have been targeted with a malvertising attack. 
that sought to trick them into installing malware on their PCs. That's according to InfoSec firm ProofPoint. By the time the attack was uncovered, it had been active for more than a year, according to ProofPoint, and it already exposed millions of potential victims in the US, Canada, and the UK and Australia to malware by pretending to be software updates to popular browsers. So if you've happened to have been browsing one of these sort of sites, you've downloaded what's been described as a, a software update for a browser, you may need to check your system. You may need to keep, keep speak to an IT professional. You may need to run some antivirus or anti-malware software to clean up your computer. Apparently, Pornhub is the world's largest pornography site with 26 billion yearly visits, according to data from ranking firm Alexa. Its advertising network has actually been shut down and they've shut down the infection pathway, but the attack was still going on on other linked websites. So just be aware of that. It's ad fraud malware. It could have been ransomware, but it's actually uh, ad fraud malware. And what this does is it, it tricks your computer. It loads some software into your computer, which then causes you to make a whole bunch of clicks on ads. And then that generates funds for the perpetrators of this attack. Just as a reminder, a year ago, a number of major news websites have seen adverts hijacked by a malicious campaign that, campaign, that, that attempts to install ransomware on users' computers. And that was according to a warning from security researchers malware bites and, and that attack a year ago affected such websites as the new york times the bbc aol and the nfl now moving on uh, apple has given according to reports it's given uber the rideshare service unprecedented and disturbing privileges that would enable the company to record customers phone screens and access their data what without their knowledge this basically means that uh, Uber has been accused of serious and deliberate breaches of iPhone users' privacy. Just a quote from the technology website that has uncovered this. It looks like no other third-party developer has been able to get Apple to grant them a private sensitive entitlement of this nature. Considering Uber's past privacy issues, I'm very curious how they convinced Apple to allow this. That's according to the Open Rights Group. They said it was disturbing that Uber could have used the feature to access customers' personal data and information about competitors' products. Uber has replied and said that Apple granted the permission for technical reasons two years ago to enable people's phones to render the detail of route maps that would uh, appear on synced Apple watches. It said it never used the permission to spy on people's phones. A spokesman for Uber said it's been dormant for quite some time. We're working with Apple to remove it completely as soon as possible. Apparently, Tim Cook, Apple's CEO, threatened to remove Uber from the App Store in 2015 when it was discovered that the company had found a way to tag people's phones secretly, even after they deleted the app. The company also tried to hide what it was doing by geofencing Apple's headquarters so that Apple employees would not see the rogue code. It was nicknamed Godview and it was able to track customers' movements in real time without their consent. It insisted that it had robust policies. This is Uber. Uh, has, has insisted it has robust policies to prohibit staff from accessing ride data, but former employees claimed recently that staff tracked celebrities and former partners. Interesting to see what happens there, but uh, it sounds like Uber may have had some fairly interesting and intimate access to people's iPhones, not Android phones. I understand at the moment this is limited to iPhones. We've covered on the program that Apple has this amazing campus in, in Cupertino. It's called Apple Park, 
It consists of a Norman Foster designed circular building with huge panes of circular glass and a massive solar array on the roof. I think it's completely off the grid. It can run the whole building on solar energy. It also has the Steve Jobs Theatre where the latest iPhones were were released and and launched in, in a big keynote address from various high Apple officials, including the CEO, Tim Cook. That was about a month or so ago. And the iPhone 8 and the iPhone X or the iPhone 10 uh, were both announced. Well, if you thought that was a good building, it sounds like Microsoft in Washington State, in Seattle, Redmond in Washington, just outside Seattle, has done even better. They've actually built an elaborate treetop meeting space at its corporate headquarters. And this space is intended to help employees benefit from what science shows is the most powerful impact of nature on creativity, focus, and happiness. According to uh, Microsoft, nature stimulates reward neurons in your brain. It turns off the stress response, which means you have lower cortisol levels, lower heart rate and blood pressure, and improved immune response. That's actually according to a Harvard physician, co-author of Your Brain in Nature. It is worth having a look at if you have a chance, maybe do a search for Microsoft Treehouse in Redmond in Washington. You can see some photos of yourself, and I actually did see a little uh, walkthrough video showing this uh, really beautiful office space high in the trees and uh, just surrounded by leaves and branches. So pretty impressive place to work if you were fortunate enough to be stationed at the Microsoft headquarters. Now just finally in the news, your Wi-Fi security may not be as secure as you think. The de facto standard for Wi-Fi password security worldwide, which is WPA2, may have been compromised with huge ramifications for almost all of the Wi-Fi networks in our homes and businesses, as well as for the networking companies that build them. Details are sketchy as this story unfolds folds but it's looking like a new method called crack for key reinstallation attack is responsible wpa stands for wi-fi protected access but it may not be as protected as we've all been assuming it looks like security researcher matthew van hoof will present the potentially revelatory findings it sounds like the random number generation used to create group keys, the pre-shared encryption key shared on non-enterprise WPA or WPA2 wireless networks isn't random enough and can be predicted. It's possible that a fix may already be in the works or already completed from major wireless vendors. If you're concerned, you may want to change the password and update the security on your Wi-Fi modem, whether it's at work or at home. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestions for future shows.